Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Joe, if you need any help with wrestling futures, really any sort of predictions for wrestling betting moving forward, I think you found your girl. I think you found your expert. I think that you have been sandbagging all of us for quite some time with this whole, I don't watch wrestling. I'm not a fan. I mean, James, are you kidding me? She goes four and one. That is a remarkable, absolutely remarkable performance. James went five and oh, congratulations to James. Before he jumps in to try to rain on your parade, Amber, I'm just going to go ahead and derail him and go back to how proud I am of you and how I can't wait to live stream Monday Night Raw with you tonight. I'm, oh, that's not happening. I was going to bring up. Far. I was going to bring up the fact that we were kind of up against the heart out too. So she had to really quickly yes. make that last Roman Reigns pick, maybe, or the uh, the Usos. We were, we, you know, we were up against it there. She quickly made it. I don't think she was very. You know, I wasn't really thinking the Usos yeah. pick through. You know, had I had more time, I would have chosen the other guys whose names I cannot remember whatsoever. But that's yeah, the sure, one pick. Sure, me, I me got, neither. Zayn something? I don't know. Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens, Zane. you know them. There you go. It would. I love this idea <laughs> of me this whole time just hustling you guys. Like, yes. really, I'm this huge wrestling fanatic, and I know all of these people and all of these characters, and I know everything that's about to go down. And, and I just showed off my skills. I do like that idea. You did a remarkable job, and I look forward to discussing this with you in more detail throughout the course of the show, but that was Thoroughly impressive to watch you go four and one on something, quote, you don't watch or, quote, know about, end <laughs> quote. quote. Joe is doing the air quotes right now. <laughs> Joe was at WrestleMania. We will get more into his experience at WrestleMania later in the show. Also, there is actual huge news, non-scripted news out of ah. wrestling. So we will get into that as well a little bit later in the show. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits? Go to Progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. But tonight, UConn, San Diego State, it is for everything. The madness has come to this point, Joe. There aren't many huge spreads once the tournament reaches the final four. A team that's favored normally also by so much like UConn is they normally handle their business traditionally. There's not this many huge upsets like we see earlier in March once we get to the final four. We did not get the upsets on Saturday either. Here, UConn heavily favored over San Diego State. Are we going to get an upset here, Joe? So get this, since I believe 1985, the championship game has featured a point spread of seven or more just seven times, seven times. And in those seven games, the favorite is four and three, not four and three against the spread, four and three overall, mm-hmm. meaning big favorites go down. Now, the last three times, or the, I should say those three upsets, the last one happened in 1999. Uh, one of them was obviously Villanova over Georgetown. One of them, I believe, was Kansas over Oklahoma. I want to yep. say 88, something in there. And then the other one was 99. 
I believe, was it Villanova UNC, something like that you have in front of you? I don't anymore. You I don't? don't. I thought okay. it was UConn. Was it Villanova, was it UConn, Villanova again? Yes. It, it was Villanova, Kansas. I yes. thought the third one was UConn. I don't have it in front of me. Well done. You're exactly right. It was Villanova over Georgetown in 85. It was Kansas over Oklahoma, I think like 88 or something. And then in 99, you had UConn winning that matchup. So excellent call. So it's very rare that it happens. But also, the last time we saw an upset being 99, that's what, 24 years ago? So here we are with the situation tonight where it's a different era you have nil you have two really good basketball teams that have followed two totally different paths to get here uconn has won all five of their tournament games by an average of 20 points per game all of them decided by double digits meanwhile san diego state had to come from behind in each of the last two matchups they didn't lead it all until the buzzer beating win over fau over the weekend and then the matchup before that they had to come from behind against creighton to get into the final four so there's a lot of potential here tonight. Two elite defenses. That's probably going to be the story when you have a total here of just about 131 and a half points. Yeah, really, I think the question is, can San Diego State's defense pull off this upset? Can they hold up against this UConn team on paper? UConn has the edge in just about every category, but on paper, so did Alabama. And we've seen San Diego State be a giant slayer. And certainly they've been up for that in this tournament, even if their margins have been much thinner than what we've seen from UConn. So it feels like San Diego State has a little bit, even five seed, this wouldn't be the biggest upset by any means. I mean, in NCAA tournament history, those other three actually would be bigger upsets that we reference just based in terms of the seating alone. But if San Diego State pulls this off, there is something that feels a little Cinderella about it, even though not everybody considers UConn, you know, the traditional blue blood school. I think if they win this, you could make the argument they should be thrown into that conversation. And San Diego State, five seed, not the lowest seed we've ever seen uh, in this position. However, again, it feels a little bit Cinderella-like going up against the more traditional powerhouse. Of course, without a shadow of a doubt. When you're sitting down there opening up the tournament in the 8-9 matchup, if you're going to find yourself in the final, there is a bit of a Cinderella story to that. The key for San Diego State tonight is going to be to limit how far ahead, if they get ahead, UConn can get in that opening half. Because UConn's last three games, they have absolutely blitzed the doors off of Miami, Gonzaga, and Arkansas. They put all three of those teams in a big hole early, and none of them was even close to being capable of coming back to even within a fraction. I mean, they blew those teams out of the water. San Diego State is not built to come back from a deep deficit. Now, I say that people are going to go, well, what about Saturday? They did it. That was against Florida Atlantic. That is a different beast. They are facing one of the best defenses in the country. San Diego State is a below average shooting team. They win thanks to their defense. They do not shoot free throws particularly well. They play at a slow tempo. If you see UConn jump on them early, it is going to be very difficult for the Aztecs to get back in this game. And one of the reasons that this isn't the upset that we've seen in some of these other games given many, many years ago, like you referenced, I mean, it's a four versus a five, right? But UConn feels like a one. It feels like a one because they've been playing like a one during March. And you had the foresight, yes. Joe Fortenbaugh, to know that they were going to be in this situation. Wow. You were the only one at ESPN Radio, other than James Steele, who claims to have done it, even though he didn't fill out a bracket in our ESPN Radio pool, so nobody really can verify it. The point is, Joe, <laughs> who did actually fill out a bracket in our ESPN Radio pool, he's holding it down for Joe and Amber because you're number one, and I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter who wins tonight. 
First of all, James taking a lot of shrapnel in the opening segment here. James he goes five and zero WWE, and we're I just mean, like, no, nah, forget nice it. Weekend of <laughs> well, watching he's, wrestling, he's, and he's showing me in, in the Zoom confirmation <laughs> that he does in fact have a bracket with UConn winning the national championship. I might win a lot of money tonight. I don't know. Good for you. Are you now? Let me ask you the question, the age-old question: If you stand to win a lot of money with a UConn win. Are you betting San Diego State at all to hedge some of that wager so you come away with something? Nah. Oh, let it ride. Okay. I appreciate the fortitude. Okay. Let it ride. And yes, Amber, you are correct. Our show, it's not an individual effort here. Ride your coattail. Our show dominated the rest of ESPN radio. There's a direct message to Canty, Carlin, Greeny, and the 45 people that work on that program throughout the course of the year. The morning show. Uh, obviously fits direct shot at Fitz, direct shot at Harry, everybody, Freddie, Fitzsimmons, Fitzsimmons, especially it's a direct <laughs> shot to all of you. We are happy to help you with your research and your picks moving forward. It's a team effort. We are here. We care. We, we don't actually, I'm not, yeah, I don't do know not. if I'm putting my stamp on that. We do not. Uh, that we like dirt to on win. The grave. Exactly. We like to, Joe and Amber, they do it best. Coming up next year on Joe and Amber, a lot of controversy from the end of the women's national championship game, which occurred yesterday. We will get into that. Joe and Amber's on ESPN radio. You can also listen to us on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Tim Mulkey, in year two, has orchestrated a turnaround for the ages. I couldn't hold it. I don't know what it was, but I lost it. So that should tell you what I think about it. Emotional and tears of joy. The champions are definitely the LSU Tigers as they handled the Iowa Hawkeyes 102 to 85 in the women's national championship yesterday in the afternoon. 
And yet, not many people are talking about the actual game itself. We will get into the controversy in just moments. Joe and Amber's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. But first, Joe's going to try to earn you a little bit of money. You know how we do here on Joe and Amber. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Full disclosure, no one should be surprised. I'm caught completely off guard here. I have three picks for tonight's game. I'm wondering which order we're going in. James, does it matter which one I fire first? It does not matter. All right, then let's come out swinging. Uh, Pizza Money tonight is your championship game edition. First, the recap. Last time I was on the show, we went 3-2, and two, plus .8 units. So overall, the show is 62-61. Uh, we're just above 500, which is nice. We are up 9.9 units. Uh, I'm going to come right out of the gate here. We're going to lay the 7 with UConn tonight over San Diego State. UConn has won all five of their tournament games by 20 points per game. They are a juggernaut. They are a better rebounding team. They are better at the free throw line. When you look at these two teams, they both play elite defense. Defense. The difference, however, is that San Diego State struggles offensively. They just shot 50%, however, from the three-point line against Florida Atlantic. So you might say, wait a minute, what are you talking about? If they're a good shooting team, how can you say they aren't? They're generally not, but they got hot in that game, which means regression is coming. They will not be as hot from the three-point line in this matchup. UConn will start fast. San Diego State will be trying to dig out of a hole. They will be unable to do it with that offense. UConn covers the seven, pizza money number one. So I mentioned that the LSU Tigers dominated the Iowa Hawkeyes in the Women's National Championship game. Superstar Caitlin Clark, she put up 30 points, 8 assists, 2 boards for Iowa. Angel Reese put up 15 points, 10 boards, 5 assists for the Tigers. All the talk, though, since in the last 24 hours, Joe, has been about something entirely different than, frankly, what either of those two women did on the court in terms of actual play. It's a simple gesture that Angel Reese made on the court that has taken over the entire conversation and the entire news cycle. Reese was seen before the buzzer sounded approaching Caitlin Clark. She moved her hand, an open hand, waved it in front of her face. That John Cena, you can't see me move that was popularized by WWE also uh, because it's what Caitlin Clark did. And she then, Angel Reese, pointed to her ring finger, tapping her ring finger. You know, the common, hey, this is my ring now. I'm about to I'm about to win this national championship and have a ring on my finger. It was very obviously at Caitlin Clark. I mean, she was practically following Caitlin Clark around the court, trying to get Caitlin to look at her. Caitlin did a pretty good job of pretending that she couldn't see her the whole time. And now the world is lit on fire by this moment. Yeah, so I'm going to start with something positive here, which is this tournament was amazing. And I'm not saying that because we cover it and I work for ESPN. I'm going to be completely honest. I don't watch a lot of women's hoops. And it's not because it's women's hoops. There are a lot of sports I don't watch. There are certain things that as a sports betting analyst for the company and as a radio personality, I focus my time on. Football is obviously very big around here, pro and college. The NBA is very big. I try to keep my eye on everything I possibly can. But some sports just don't get as much screen time because there's not as much time in the day. I've watched more women's hoops throughout the course of the last couple weeks because of Caitlin Clark and because of how good some of these games have been because it's been a national story. They have sucked us in. And anytime there's a national story in any sport, if it was rugby, if it was Formula One, I'd be watching. And I got into this. So I applaud everyone from the coverage more importantly to the players, coaches, and teams for putting on a hell of a show over the last few weeks. This is such an unfortunate way for this to end with people in the echo chamber 
of the sewer of social media yelling and screaming about sportsmanship. It, 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 none of it matters. What, what are we talking about with sportsmanship? Talking trash is part of the game. That's what we saw here. End of story, in my opinion. End of story. There are pictures everywhere today showing athletes who have done the same thing Angel Reese did. Aaron Donald, after he ended the Super Bowl against the Bengals, ran to the end zone with his helmet off, pointing to his finger. Joe Burrow, when he won at LSU, pointing to his finger. Steph Curry's done it for crying out loud. And Steph Curry's everyone's favorite baby face in the NBA. So the fact that this happens in women's basketball, and now all of a sudden, we're screaming at each other. And the irony of this, how awful everyone is treating each other on the internet, screaming at each other about this, because there's supposed to be sportsmanship. Well, set the example yourself. Why are you screaming at everybody? Why is everyone so banged up? Isn't it two competitors just talking trash? Am I missing something here? Uh, it is. I mean, some people would say that, you know, there's issues here that that possibly run deeper than that. Uh, and, you know, the coverage when Caitlin Clark did it, the coverage when Angel Reese did it, two different scenarios. Why? Obviously, maybe a racial component as well. Here's the thing. I know a lot of people have the same opinion that you do of this is kind of sad that we're not actually talking about the games because the games have been incredible. And frankly, we have been talking about the games. We've talked more about Women's, I didn't know, have to know anything about women's basketball before this season. Like, I'm just going to be transparent with this job. You know, like, I just haven't had to, it's not something it's not that a major even point doing this show. job for the last 20 years that Correct. I have had to personally know much about. There are women who have done an excellent job embedding themselves in that and also championing the cause for these sports. When Sarah Spain was on this show, she was a huge proponent and advocate. She used to always say, if you got the exposure, if they actually just fed it to you and gave it to you you'd get into it and frankly she's right because you've seen it this year you've seen the world get into this thing when actually it was given the eyeballs and the platform that frankly it deserves and the superstars help and the angel reese's and caitlin clark's of the world help they help elevate that entire sport so i actually kind of think that this is a good thing that everyone is so invested. And yes, it can get ugly and there can be an minutia and it's a lot of screaming on Twitter and all of that's nonsense. And I don't care at all about this, you know, sportsmanship angle of it all. Like these are grown women. You know, I don't, I right. spent so much time on this sport. When you're, if you're playing in little league, I get it. Okay. Like tell your kids to do better. Tell your kids not to taunt. That's fine. And yes, Angel Reese was directly taunting. Caitlin Clark taunting. I mean, she was doing it. And what? <laughs> like, I want more of that. I like that. Again, grown women, they can handle themselves. And I like that in my sports. But I think just the fact that people are so emotional about this, for better or for worse, in a way, I think that's going to end up kind of helping the sport. Because you mentioned Steph Draws Curry there. Right? I don't like Steph Curry because Steph, everybody has this idea. Steph Curry's so sweet. He's got this baby face. He doesn't. He's not. He taunts all the time. He throws his mouth guard. He does the things that used to always drive me insane with all him. Right. So he kind of became a villain to me, right? Which draws me in more. Because you either want to love him or you want to hate him. But either way, you're watching him. And it's all good at the end of the day. What's most unfortunate about everyone screaming and yelling that, that, that one trash talk is okay and the other isn't, the, the, this ridiculousness of that, is the fact that we're losing sight of what really matters here. And that's the fact 
that the officials absolutely ruined that game for everybody. The officials were horrific. You had all these new eyeballs on your product, and you completely dropped the ball and ruined that game. It's on the refs, and I, I know we can all agree the, to that. I cannot keep having the basketball officials are bad conversation, though. Goodness, I feel like we have it at every level every day. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe and Amber, all you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio to hear us. It is that simple. We're going to get to the sound that we need to react to from over the weekend. But first, Joe's got another pizza money headed your way. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, Pizza Money NCAA Championship Edition. We already gave you UConn minus seven. We move now to a specific bet. San Diego State, their team total under 61 and a half points. That means we're betting the Aztecs score fewer than 61 and a half points in this game. 61 or less and we win, 62 or more and we lose. Two very good defenses in this game. But of the offenses, UConn is solid. San Diego State is not. They are a below average shooting team that is right around average from the free throw line. They miss a ton of free throws. They also play at a very slow pace, much like UConn does. So I don't think they're going to get a ton of shots up in this game. Now, they did shoot 50% from the three-point line in that last matchup against Florida Atlantic. Uh, Law of averages, I see that number coming down in this matchup, so that's working against them. And then finally, look at UConn's defense against big-time offenses like Gonzaga and Miami. They held those two teams to fewer than 60 points, and they were blowing them out. Last 10 minutes, they didn't even need to play defense in that game, and they still shut them down. So pizza money number two, San Diego State team total under 61.5 points. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Warriors forward Andrew Wiggins has missed the last 22 consecutive games while attending to a family matter. Woj reported today that Wiggins is nearing a return to the team ahead of what Golden State hopes is another long playoff run. But what is he going to bring to the table after such a long time away from the court? Here's Kendrick Perkins on NBA Today. Why are y'all so optimistic about this right now? It's three games left in the season. (laughs) Andrew Wiggins has been out an extended period of time. He's coming back. This is the playoffs already. And we're not, it's not no guarantee that the Golden State Warriors are getting into the postseason. So with him coming back, you have to worry about 
his load management for as his workload. You have to worry about is his win going to be right. We can't expect him to come back on elite status. And I'm looking at the Golden State Warriors right now. And although at times, right, you may see a game, they show you like this passion and they fight back and they go and they win the game. And then all of a sudden they have a drop off like they did last night, pretty much in a must win situation. James Steele. Joe, how big is it for the Warriors to get Wiggins back into the mix heading into the playoffs? I mean, if they're going to do anything in this 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 playoff run, they're going to need him. He was huge last year against Boston. People don't re- realize that. Steph wins the MVP. Warriors played great team basketball. Wiggins is kind of a quiet guy, so you don't hear from him a lot. He averaged 18-8 and eight in the six games against Boston, and he played tremendous defense when he needed to. I don't think the Warriors have a deep run in them. The Western Conference is flawed, yes, but there's something off with this team. It's been issue after issue all season long. They can't win on the road. Their defense has been abysmal. Maybe they can flip a switch. But if they're going to have any chance of making a deep run, they got to have Wiggins back. They got to have him playing big minutes, and they got to have him playing the way he was last year. Outside of that, I don't see them doing a whole lot. Maybe win a series, maybe two, but that's the end of it. And I just don't know how we can expect that. Now, it's not like he's coming back from injury. And reportedly, he has been working out the entire time that he's been off. But working out, staying in the gym, trying to keep your cardio up, even if he has a trainer there with him while he's handling his family matter. Whatever family matter was happening for Wiggins was obviously so serious that he's missing 22 games. So, yes, he's not coming back from something in terms of physically, but it's also possible, very possible, he's coming back from something in terms of mentally. I don't know why he was away. Uh, you know, even if it's the birth of a child, whatever it is, it's a long time to be away from basketball. And then with the expectation to just come back in and keep it moving and also live up to what you did last season. You're right. He was pivotal to them in their last championship. It's why they gave him the four-year extension. This season, he's averaging over 17 points per game, five boards, shooting nearly 40% from three. But again, this is a long time to be off. We don't have any clarity as he rejoins the team, whether he's going to play these last few games here down the stretch. He may walk into a postseason, and we know postseason basketball is an elevated, much quicker level of basketball. And it's hard after this long off to just walk into that pace of play. The Arizona Cardinals are sitting at the number three spot in the NFL draft with two of the top four quarterbacks almost certainly being taken on the board after the first two picks. Will a quarterback needy team make a deal with the Cardinals to move up to three to draft their future franchise quarterback? Dan Orlovsky thinks so. He was on Fitz and Harry. I think quarterbacks go one, two, three. That's where I sit right now with my gut. Who's up for who's going to be number one? I could see all three guys being it. You know, the three I would be a Bryce, CJ Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. I could three see all three of those guys going number one. Amber, what team? James. <laughs> what? what is that? She thought she was so clever with that. I, I got to say, I applaud. I thought uh, that. <laughs> I don't know why. When you strategically, like, that works very well. Yeah. All right. Um, He's Ms. so rattled right now, Miss Wilson. That was my whole goal. Uh, what what Ms. team? <laughs> what I think she just needed to to buy some time to think about my question. What team is most likely to trade up to that number three spot and grab one this, of those quarterbacks? This segment. 
it would be easier if we got not just the questions, but the uh, setup for the bites and the sound bites before. We do not. That is a look behind we the curtain. Not. Joe and I have no idea what's happening. And James doesn't put my intro to the bites on the screen until about 10 seconds before <laughs> the segment. So there nice. is no opportunity. And sometimes he's writing them during the segment. So there is no opportunity for me to prepare in any way, which is a good a little thing more interesting because yeah. it makes everything off the cuff. And off the cuff, I'm going to say the Indianapolis Colts. I would have said that, though, if you had given me three days to prepare for this segment. I just think that when you know at least two of those guys, and we think it's Bryce Young and CJ going one and two, if you're Indianapolis, you can't risk another team coming from behind you and jumping ahead of you with Arizona in a trade and getting your guy. The Colts know they're already going to be limited on ter- in terms of who they can go after, but if Will Levis or AR of Anthony Richardson or somebody else who we haven't considered is really their guy, then I think it makes a lot of sense you're only trading up one spot to do it. Who who do they who do they pick then? Which one do you think they uh, trade up to? If there's Will a Levis. guy that they're gonna Levis, okay, yeah, Levis for the Colts. Okay, so that I'll would mean Levis AR Colts. Is... So I'll say AR Seattle Seahawks. AR four. Okay, at five. Well, I... f- well, they'd be at five in that scenario, right? Because then the Cardinals would move back to four. Seahawks would be at five. Right. Seahawks are at five, courtesy of a Denver pick that came over in the Russell Wilson treat. I really hope it's not Indianapolis going up to three, because if it's somebody else, that means we could see for the first time ever four quarterbacks go in the first four picks. And I'm all about seeing some history. So that would be fantastic. But yeah, I think someone's trading up to three, no doubt. Amber's right. The smart move would be for Indianapolis to engineer a deal where they can move up just one pick so they can assure themselves of getting the scraps, right? Like which of the three versus four you don't want to be left with unless you're in love with the guy for the sake of argument. I look at this and I try to figure out who else could make the move. Seattle at five is very intriguing because Amber's talked about this before having Geno Smith as your starter, but not your long-term plan is a great landing spot for a guy like Anthony Richardson who can sit, learn, develop and work from there. So I'll say Seattle for the sake of a conversation differentiator, but I think she's got it nailed. Indy's got to go up one. They can't risk uh, getting the last choice of the four unless they love all four guys. What's interesting is then Arizona could even trade again, right? Like they could end up in four and then facilitate another trade for somebody to go up to four. Then do the Seahawks then have to trade up? So could Arizona trade with both Indianapolis and Seattle? (laughs) And then we just see like you want it. There you go. Boom, 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 boom. Quarterback, 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 quarterback. The Masters begins on Thursday. And of course, one of the biggest stories of the week. You just you kind of have to change the tone of your voice when you're talking about the Masters, right, Joe, to give it to give it the respect. Nice and subtle yeah, nice, as nice Jordan Spieth stands over a 12-footer, a little left-to-right movement. All right, I feel like He's got it. He's got like it. Spieth now three back. I feel like you're auditioning. And of course, One of the biggest stories of the week will be how Tiger Woods will play. What should we expect out of Tiger at Augusta? Here's Michael Collins on SportsCenter. Well, I can tell you expectations are high for all of Tiger's fans. And I can tell you out on the golf course, Tiger today playing nine holes looked good. He looked really good and really solid. But we have to temper expectations just a little bit because we've seen Tiger look really good in practice before. But it's not about these first three days. It's about Tiger trying to get to the weekend and what's he going to look like on Friday and Saturday. But for now, he looked very comfortable, looked very spry and hit the ball extremely well. (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Very nice, James. Very nice. All right. So, Joe, what do you hope to see from Tiger this week at the Masters? Make the cut. 
That's it. I'm not going to set a real high bar here. He's 55 to one to win this thing. And that's low to be completely honest with you, because the books know they're going to take a ton of money on Tiger Woods bets to make the cut. He's minus 150. Yes. Uh, to miss the cut plus 130. You might say, wow, why such a big favorite? Remember, there's only like 90 or so guys in the field, top 50 plus ties advance. So it's not that hard to make the cut at Augusta. And he started fast here last year after the one-year layoff. I think it's the ability to put together four really good rounds against elite competition that's going to keep him from winning or seriously threatening, but I think we could see a couple good rounds, and then on Sunday, we get to watch him early in the day before we watch the uh, leaders go off later in the afternoon. I still don't have much hope here at all because you used the term hope, James. Uh, I think the most you can hope for, though, is to watch him play over the weekend, like Joe said. I mean, I gone are the days where I'm hoping that he's winning a major, even really competing beyond just making the cut to win a major. But last year when we had this conversation, my hope was just to see him play, period. I didn't care whether he was going to make the cut or not because we were just kind of beginning this journey back for Tiger. Now I feel like the hope could be moved slightly into hopefully he can start making the cut at some of these majors that he participates in. But I don't have high hopes or high expectations that it's going to happen. Either way, Tiger Woods is always must-watch television. We are must-listen radio. And coming up next here on Joe and Amber, WrestleMania was this weekend, and it ended up not even being the biggest wrestling news out of the last 24 hours. We'll get into that. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Rendered James and Joe speechless with how well I did with my WWE picks. That's the biggest news out of the world of WWE. But there's second news. There's another news here that's just like a hair below uh, Amber's picks and how well she yeah. did. We will get into that <laughs> in just moments. But first, Joe's going to try to earn you a little bit more money. We're giving you three tonight for the national championship game. We've already laid out UConn minus seven. We've already laid out San Diego State's team total under 61 and a half points. Now we go to a player prop. San Diego State's Matt Bradley going under 12 and a half points. That might sound ludicrous considering Bradley just dropped 21 on Florida Atlantic two days ago. So why would we want to play under 12 and a half? Well, because he had such a scoring outburst on Saturday, the bookmakers took his prop and they increased the amount of points for his over threshold, right? Now there's value in the under. Here's why. He took 12 shots against FAU, the second most of his five games in the tournament. Do we see him getting 12 shots off again? I don't think so. UConn plays elite defense better than Florida Atlantic. And at the same time, they play at a much slower tempo. So I don't think there will be as many opportunities. Bradley also shot 50% from deep in that game against FAU. He's a 36% three-point shooter. That's not happening again. This is a guy who scored two points against Creighton, six points against Alabama, and 10 points against Furman. Don't forget that. Pizza money number three, Matt Bradley under 12 and a half points. We are going to get 
into back into the national championship uh, that Joe keeps referencing with all these picks tonight. That game tips off at 9.20 p.m. Eastern, which, I mean, get out of my life with these 9.20 p.m. starts, <laughs> Joe. Like, Move to the I West Coast. I know it doesn't affect you because you're over in Vegas. Okay? The best so thing about, best thing about living out here. Monday night game starting at like 5.30, Thursday night, Sunday night. Everything here well, wraps up in a reasonable to you time. people. You know, it's like you people and that half of the country. I feel like we're pandering to you people and ruining all of us back here on the best coast, the East Coast. Oh, here we at go. At a 9.20 p.m. start. Nevertheless, that is when they will get it going between San Diego State and UConn tonight. So we will get back into that game in just a little bit. And if you miss anything today, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. If you do so, you will find out that I went five and one or four and one with four my and picks. one. Fantastic. Four 80%. One. I mean, I I'm pretty good at picking WWE mat matches, fights, matches. Yeah. Matches. What are they called? Matches, matches, right? Bouts, okay. matches, Bout, bouts. All right. Whatever, whatever the uh, proper terminology is, but there was some other news coming out of the world of wrestling today, and that is that WWE and UFC have merged. They will combine to create a $21.4 billion sports entertainment company. And much to James Steele's dismay, I actually came to the pre-show meeting and I said, James, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about (laughs) WWE for once in my life. He got really excited. He's like, oh, you want to break down the Seth Rollins fight? I'm like, no, is that, wait, did I even get that right? Roman Reigns, you want to break down the Roman Reigns fight? Seth Rollins had a fight too. Okay, well then there you go. You're good. Stop with the act. We're on you. You go four and one and it's like, oh, is, is Seth Rollins a guy? I don't know. That's a very specific <laughs> uh, amount of luck you just had to put a first and last name together and get one of the most popular wrestlers, by the way. Oh, I didn't even know. So James, so, uh, you know, James like, oh, you want to break down, you know, one of the fights? And I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, I want to talk about a real story here uh, where WWE and UFC are merging. A new publicly traded company will house the UFC and worldwide wrestling entertainment brands with Endeavor Group Holdings, taking a 51% controlling interest in the new company existing wwe shareholders will hold a 49 percent stake the company values uh ufc at 12.1 billion wwe's value is set at 9.3 billion i think initially i was actually surprised that ufc its valuation is quite a bit more than wwe i don't know why maybe because wwe has been around longer so i kind of thought that those two things would be flipped. I hadn't, I hadn't thought I about that. Say, I can't say I've given much thought to it. It might be UFC's growth trajectory. WWE is very popular. It's been around a long time. They have an in, um, immense, immense intellectual property catalog that they can make money off of. Mm-hmm. They make a ton of money off of merchandise, live events. I think UFC might be valued at more. And this is just a straight guess with no research whatsoever. So take it with a grain of salt. Maybe there's more upside in growth. Because WWE has been around longer. I don't know. I mean, they can continue to grow. Sure. I think UFC still has a lot of room to grow, which is why they might be valued at more. That's just, yeah, I that, don't I don't hate that explanation. I don't hate that explanation at all right. because you probably are. They probably are projecting outward and looking at right. the way that UFC has risen in popularity over the last 20 years. And so Absolutely. that, I'm sure, factors into this. Well, previously, this is such big news because previously WWE was a family business, essentially, with the McMahons. And it was run like a family business. And you're talking about a you know $9 billion business. Yeah. And now it's going to be a publicly traded 
company with shareholders. There's going to be a board. You know, it's going to be run like any other publicly traded company. Uh, Vince McMahon is going to stay on as executive chairman of WWE. That's the same role that he had before. Dana White is going to continue as the president of UFC. Nick Khan will be the president president of WWE and Endeavor CEO Ari Emanuel will be the CEO of this whole thing. Shout out Nick Khan. Uh, I roll with those bunches. He's the one who helped me out with the tickets for WrestleMania. So like, you know, you don't have to be powerful people in be, Jacksonville as well. But it, well, you don't I'm have to be in all of how I roll, but I, I will <laughs> yeah, I, to draw, pick up that name. You just <laughs> dropped there, Joe. I, I don't understand the Nick Khan thing, though. Didn't he leave not to get in the weeds, but didn't he leave and he went and he formed help me out w he, he was at help caa he was a sports media agent he is the best sports media agent in the business there is nobody absolutely nobody who knows more about tv rights deals and valuations than he does that was but his didn't specialty he, didn't he start another wrestling thing no Not he got WWE, brought in that's no that's, that's a different con that's yeah. a different oh, that's con a different that's the son of the jaguars owner that's shot oh, that's Khan's not owner. this guy that is not this guy. And again, stop playing dumb like you don't know all the wrestling stuff. I don't stuff. know. I just remember yeah, no, this of course guy not. Isn't this... having to do with the Jaguars. And, different and like, how con. Is everybody's named Khan and they're no, all con in wrestling was... and no one's related? Nick Khan was brought in by Vince McMahon to help with some things that they were doing a couple years ago. Vince loved what he saw and he heard, so he hired him as his president full-time away from CAA. Nick's a we are, genius. We are up against the hard out here. I mean, it's just a shame that we can't talk about wrestling uh, for the rest of the entire show. But the national championship is next. Joe and Amber, the podcast.